30 seconds. I want you to lift your voices and start to love Him. Come on, 30 seconds. Start to pray in the Spirit. Start to pray in your own language. But lift those voices right now. Come on, in one accord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you for your blood, Lord, applied on the mercy seat. That we've been justified. We glorify you. We glorify you, Jesus. Release your power in this place, Lord. Let lives be changed forever. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We honor you. Come on, come on, lift those voices. Love him right now. Thank him for thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Thank you for your blood. Hallelujah. 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 Receive glory in adoration. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Now, Lord, we will be changed. We'll never be the same again. In the name of Jesus. He's here, people of God. His presence is here. Thank you, Lord. The atmosphere just shifted. I give you praise, Lord. Today is our day for a miracle. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, I want you to give Jesus an extra hand of praise right now. Praise the Lord. Come on. Come before you take your seat, would you? Welcome somebody here in the house of the Lord. Welcome. This is Passover 2022. Tell your neighbor it will pass over. You can do better than that. I don't know if you read the sign when you walked in through those doors that this is a place where the Holy Spirit is God. So the Bible says where He is Lord, there's liberty. So the board says outside, if you come in, you have to shout at least once. You have to run around at least twice. All right, it's okay to be happy in the house of the Lord. Would you tell your neighbor that you like, it's okay to be happy in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Well, today it's all about Jesus, as it is every other Sunday here. But today we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And so before we're going to get there, we're going to just add on to our worship. We're going to take up tithe and offering. And if you are not accustomed to this, your giving is part of your worship. Thank you, Martin. One, one guy that believes the word of God. Your giving is part of your worship. Let me say that again. Your giving is part of your worship. And so we're going to worship the Lord of our substance. So I want you to bring your tithe and offering. There's buckets in the next two seconds. L look at that. One, two. There we go. Buckets in the front. There's a card machine in the back that you can use. Come, let's worship the Lord of our finances. Then we're going to get right into the word of God.
normally on a, on a Sunday service I'll give a short word on, on giving, but today we want to get past the giving side because I want to get to the word of Jesus. And uh, I know giving is important and it's un- important for you to understand why you give. And um, by the way, you'll never find anything in this church that's not biblical. If it was not in the Bible to give, I would be the last guy to ask you to give. But it's in the Bible. So everything that's in the Bible happens here. Amen. And uh, I believe that today we're going to deal on a couple of things. Today is your day of breakthrough. Come on. I said today is your day for breakthrough. Who believes that? I said who believes that? Who believes that Jesus is still the King of Kings and still the Lord of Lords? Come on. Who believes that I can face tomorrow because He's alive? Amen. Come on. The Bible says if you can believe it, you can receive it. So I want to just quickly quickly start off by saying this if we have to recap the whole week in the life of Jesus Christ before I'm going to get to the preaching side let me help you understand something that this was the week of of betrayal I want to say this if you sit here this morning you'll have to check yourself how did how you worship after today if you worship God with arms folded what you to say before God when you stand before him one day because you will give accountability for your worship if you, if, you, if you sit down and you look at the clock while you're supposed to worship, what will you tell the Lord when you stand before Him one day? He's not just any, He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He deserves the highest worship, the highest adoration, and the highest praise. Come on, do you believe that right now? If you, if you look at the life of Jesus Christ in this week, I want to show you something. Last week, Sunday, we called it Palm Sunday. So according to the word of God, what happened on Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday, they were, they were ready to make Jesus the king of Jerusalem. They wanted him as king. And they broke down palms from trees, laid it on the floor, and took some of the clothing and laid it out and started singing Hosanna in the highest. They want to make him king of kings. They want to make him the Lord of lords in their lives. But the pull to the cross was bigger than the cry of people. And so they took Jesus in Jerusalem. What they would do a week before Passover, they would already get a lamb. And they would prepare the lamb and they would keep it at their homes for at least four days. And then they would prepare it for the Passover. Here's Jesus, the lamb of God. He took himself. Imagine this. He himself walked towards Jerusalem because he knows that he's going to pay the price. The Bible says it was a custom for Jesus to go into the garden of Gethsemane and pray. Alright, I'm going to get to the exciting part now, the preaching side. I want to show you a couple of things in, his, in the week of his life. Jesus, imagine this now. He prays in the garden of Gethsemane, as the Bible says, it was his custom. Then the scripture teaches us that there was a, 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 a time where Jesus, we call it the Last Supper. Where Jesus sat with his disciples and he spoke the word. And, and you know, it just boggles my mind. Jesus sits there and he says, the man that puts his hand into the bucket first will be the one that will sell me out. Amen? And he's a devil. And you know what Judas does? does? Took from the basket and starts to eat. And it got my spirit that his greed is what got him into trouble. He was so greedy for money. This is why you have to be very careful in judging when, when it comes to giving to God. Because if you judge giving to God, you operate through the spirit of Judas. Come on, somebody. Judas was more worried about what's happening with the food than he was worried what the Savior said. Imagine you sit around the table of Jesus and he says, the man that puts his hand into that bucket first will deny me. 
or he will, he, will, he will sell me out. Come on. And you are the one that puts your hand out. If Jesus says the one who puts his hand first, I'm sitting on my hands. Are you listening to me? I sit on my hands. But this guy was so worried, greed moved him. Now you better understand something about this whole thing. That there was no price for you. The Bible says that you are so expensive that not all the gold or silver could purchase you. Only the blood of Jesus could buy you. But they reckoned that the life of Jesus is only, only worth 30 pieces of silver. Now imagine this. Jesus loved Judas for three years. And yet he knew Judas is going to sell me out. How do you treat people? I drove in a car one day with some of my team members. On my way to a service and I heard the Spirit of God say to me, Judas is sitting behind you. I turned around, I looked at the guy, I said, the Lord says, you're Judas. And do you know what? A week after that, Judas manifested. He's no longer with me, but thank God for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go back to the word. So, if, if Jesus says, the one who puts his hand in the bucket first, I'm sitting on my hands. But greed moved him so much. He was the one, Judas was the one, I want you to understand this. Judas was the one who always, when, when woman came to, to minister the Lord with this substance, you know, there was a woman with oil, and she wanted to bless the Lord. He, she wants to uh, embalm his body and, and anoint his body. And Judas was the first one that says, you know what we can do with that money? We can sell it and give it to the poor. No, you lie. You're not going to sell it and give it to the poor. You're going to steal it. And this is funny. Matthew was a tax guy. He knew how to run taxes. But he was not in charge of the money of Jesus. Judas was. Ooh, even Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew that he's going to steal the money. Now let me explain something to you. Everybody says, maybe this is off topic, but I need to say this. Everybody says, well, you know, Jesus was a poor guy. Well, you don't read the Bible. Because Judas stole his money, but the disciples didn't know this money gone. If you have 50 bucks in your wallet and it's gone, you're going to know it's gone. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But they took money. They didn't even knew money was gone. They didn't even knew it. Just Jesus knew his heart. Amen. So there was nothing poor about Jesus Christ. And therefore, I believe that the power of the blood of Jesus Christ has set you free. That you can live above and not beneath. Come on, you better shout amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the good side now. But I'm thinking about this, that... Jesus, Jesus did the following. The Bible says that he went into the garden of Gethsemane to pray. Did you know that the garden of, of Gethsemane means uh, the pressing garden? That's with the place where they pressed olive oils. And, the olive, and olive oils had to go through three times of pressing before it produced the olive oil. By the way, Jesus prayed for three times. He was pressed until everything was squeezed out of him. Now I want you to understand something today. That when, when God made man, God made man with his own desires and his own will. The Lord never makes any man to worship him unless that man wants to worship the Lord. I want to tell you something that you have an opportunity to serve a God that's alive, by the way. I said a God that's alive, by the way. You have an opportunity to serve that God. And you know what people do? People, the way that people worship the Lord. After I've read this many years ago. I told the Lord from this day onwards, I'm going to serve you in spirit and in truth. This means when it's raining, I'm going to church. When I don't feel good, I'm going to church. When I'm sick, the right place to be is in church. 
Are you listening to me? When everything else fails, I'm in church. But the self-righteous spirit has rose up. Listen, we are living, I feel like preaching in this place. We are living in the days right now. The Bible says where judgment will start in the house of God. When I grew up as a child, churches were back to capacity when it comes to this weekend. And today, churches are empty around the world. You see, because people have left their first love. People have turned their backs on their first love and they don't understand the penalty that he paid. Not because he was due to that penalty. You were supposed to die in your sins. You were supposed to go to hell, but thank God. I said, thank God for the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Today is a bad day for the devil. I said, today is a bad day for the devil. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. So the scripture says, now Jesus is praying, and he told his disciples to pray too. He says, pray too, and, and you know what came, what came to my mind? Where this, the scripture says that Jesus came to a place in the garden where he went through agony and despair. Up to such a point where he said that my soul is sorrowful even to the place of death. And he said, watch and pray with me. And what did they do? They were sleeping while they were supposed to be praying. And the scripture says that on the third time Jesus came back, after he said to his father, your will be done, not my will. And then he told Peter and the rest of them, he said, come. And he says, because the one that's going to sell me out is close. And here comes Judas with all the armies of the Roman soldiers. And they're walking towards the, the garden. And Jesus says, who are you looking for? This is in the gospel of John. Who are you looking for? And they said, we are looking for Jesus. And he said, it is I. And when he said, it is I, they fell backwards. Now, people say, there's no such scripture to fall under the power of God. Uh, it's in the Bible. Who are you looking for? We are looking for Jesus. It is I. Bang, they fell under the power of God. He didn't say, run, boys, run. He says, I'm asking you again. Who are you looking for? We are looking for Jesus. He says, all right, here I am, but let these go. Do you know what today, what the armies of today do? You take them too. They're also guilty. But he said, I'll, I'll come freely. And this is what I want you to understand. Nobody murdered Jesus. Jesus was not murdered. He gave his life freely. He laid it down. He says, I have the power to lay down my life. And I have the power to lift it up again. So no devil in hell could kill Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? He freely gave his life. For 30 pieces of silver, Judas sold him out. Peter was so angry that he grabbed, he grabbed a sword and he cut off the ear of the soldier. Immediately, no questions asked. Jesus picked it up, put it back. And long story short, we all know that when Jesus was questioned, the same Peter that cut off the ear of the soldier denied him three times. Denied him three times and said, I do not know him. Now, you better tell your neighbor, I know him. Come on, say that again. Now, hear me. Who are you looking for? Jesus. It is I. Bang, they fell backwards. He did not run away because what he was saying is, I'm still in charge. No, you didn't hear me. I'm still in charge. I'm not running away. Let me tell you what's going to happen from here on. It's because I chose that path. This is what I need everybody to understand. Nobody killed Jesus. He decided, I'm laying down my life because of you. 
and because of me shout yes if you understand that now what i want you to hear is so when when peter cut off the ear of the soldier jesus put it back same peter that denied him three times and he says i don't know him i don't know him i don't know him three times how many times in our lives we reject jesus christ will you reject him through the way that you live when people look at you and they don't see Jesus in you, this is what I, and you know, our younger generation, the older generation, close your ears, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the younger generation, my generation. And my generation wants to look like this world under the name called saved. You can't drink like this world and tell me you are saved. There's no such thing as a sipping saint. Come on, you better shout. Shout Yes. There's no such thing as a sipping saint. Whew. Our generation needs to understand it's still cool to be holy. It's still cool to be separated, set aside. Today's people are cheaper than please call me. To be part of the cool club and the cool gang. I thank God that I'm saved, born again, sanctified, Holy Spirit filled, a tongue-talking believer. Come on, my name is written in glory. This world has nothing to offer you. But Jesus says, I give you eternal life. Hallelujah. Jesus kept Judas for three years on his staff. He gave him a choice and a chance to repent even up to the last point and judas refused to repent come on he would rather sell him out oh holy ghost i want to say this as he says this to me most people sell him out with money when it comes to money oh is that money again you know the church wants my money you felt judas money should not move you money must be a tool in the name of jesus money in your hands is a tool Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm preaching to somebody right now. He freely gave his life for you and for me. What the world don't understand was Satan wanted to crucify Jesus because he did not understand the mysteries that was closed up for the age until that day. Please understand that. The devil thought if I crucify Jesus Christ, I'm killing him. But God knew that if I crucify Christ, there will be salvation for the multitude that will come to him. Do you understand this? When Adam fell in sin, the Bible says this, that God covered him with blood. God made the first sacrifice for Adam in the garden. You see, the Lord says you can eat the, tr the, the tree of life or the tree of good and evil. You choose. You choose. And look me in the eye quickly. Don't ever tell me God sends people to hell. You choose where you go. He says, I give you life and death, but choose life that you might live. And by the way, we believe that He is the way. And He is the truth. And He is the life. And because of what Jesus did, the church is not powerless. We are a powerful entity. I heard R.W. Schambach speak last night. It was awesome. He, he's, he's dead and he, he went home to be with the Lord, so we'll see him in glory. But he, he said he was preaching in a tent. I, I want to say this quickly. He preached in a tent in the fourth row. A, a guy died of a heart attack. And he says he ran towards the fourth row. And he laid his hands on him. And he rebuked death. 
and he says he commanded his spirit to come back and he says nothing happens he says okay he tells them take him throw him behind the pulpit just throw him in behind the stage just leave him behind the stage he says nothing's going to stop me from preaching so this guy is dead and they throw him behind the stage and they leave him there he says he lays hands on 500 people that night he went to his hotel room and he's sleeping he says at 3 a.m he woke up and he thought oh my goodness i forgot to get the dead guy behind the stage and he says he jumped up to get himself dressed and he says no the night watch the guy that's watching he's full of the holy ghost he will take care of it himself he says the next night he walks in he says i want three people that's happy come to the front and tell me why you're happy and he says one guy is dressed with a suit and he comes to the front and he says last night i'm happy because last night i died dead that's his words i'm happy because last night i died dead and he says but how can you die dead if you're dead you're dead he says no you don't understand i'm the one that was sitting in the fourth row he says I had my fifth heart attack and the doctor says if I have my fifth heart attack, I'm never coming back. He says, but I saw you, I saw my spirit leaving my body. He says, I saw you run to the fourth row and you prayed for me. He says, I was on my way to hell. I thank you for calling me back and giving me another chance. Whoa. And he says, I just have one question. I woke up behind the stage. How did I get there? He says, don't worry how you got there. Just testify about the goodness of God. I'm telling you because Jesus Christ is risen, you will rise too. Hallelujah. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. Come on, I say there's power in the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says we have to preach this gospel. This is why I'm a preacher. We have to preach this gospel until every single soul hears and accepts the Lord their God. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now let me explain something to you quickly. When Jesus Christ took our place, you know what the Bible says in the book of Colossians? He says that Jesus stripped the devil of all authority, of all power. This is why when you are born again and you tell me the devil said, I wonder and I question your salvation. Because the Bible says when you give your life to Jesus Christ, now you are hidden in him. In other words, Satan cannot find you. Do I, do I say that there will be no attacks? No, that's not what I say. I say there will be attacks. I say there will be weapons. But I do say that weapons will not form against you. It will not prosper against you. It might form against your neighbor, but it will not form against you. It's just bluff. It's just bluff against you. You are saved. I said you are sanctified. So the Bible says he stripped the devil of all authority. He whipped him in public. This is when, when people say, when people's got devils, just take them around the corner. No. Whip the devil publicly. Jesus whipped him and made a, the Bible says he made an open spectacle over the devil, triumphing over him in it. Now what the first Adam lost because of sin, the second Adam came to restore. In other words, when God said to Adam, have dominion over the earth, have all authority, Adam lost it. Then Jesus Christ came and he says, now I'm giving you back dominion, back authority. You will trample on scorpions and on serpents and nothing shall by any means harm you. 
If you believe that, you better shout yes. yes. So Jesus made an open spectacle of the devil triumphing over in here. And I, I, I want to, you know, I'm not going to be long today, really. I'm going to try my best. So the book of John says this. I'm taking you a couple of places, then I'll preach. Jesus says, nobody takes my life. In the book of John, I lay it down willingly. So what happened more than 2,000 years ago that we celebrate this weekend, Jesus laid down his life willingly. Nobody forced him. If you, if you study the word of God, when Adam fell, God turned to the serpent and he said this. He says, the seed of the woman shall crush your head. In other words, in the garden of Eden, God already ordained for Christ to become the perfect sacrifice. In actual fact, let me go a step further. Even before man was created, there was an escape plan to sin for us. You don't know who you serve. You serve a God, my goodness gracious, that all of heaven's host is on attention at the mention of that name. You serve a great king. So the scripture says that in the Old Testament, because of sin, what happened was a high priest had to enter the holies of holies every single year with a sacrifice. They had to take a lamb. And why a lamb? Jesus was referred to the lamb of God. What God wanted in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant was a lamb. It means a young sheep, a, 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 at least to the age of one year old. It must be a male. This is why, hear me today, Jesus Christ is not a female. He's not a they. He's not a them. He's a he. He's male. Oh, you sexist. I have another word for you, but let's go on. The Bible says the lamb must be a male. Now, I know in most places you won't hear a man say like I say it. Because our world is confused. We are confused. And the author of confusion is running rampant. And the church is just, you know, trying to be politically correct. We must preach this gospel because grace did not come cheap. Grace cost him his whole entire life. Now, by the way, what got me last night is when that man testified of Orla Bishambach, he was in church and he says, I was on my way to hell. I saw them dragging me to hell. It means going to church is not enough. Are you understanding me? It's not enough. But you better hear me. So the Bible says only the high priest had to go once a year, once a year into the Holy of Holies. What he would do, first of all, he would ask for forgiveness for himself, for his family, and then also for the nation of Israel. And if God accepted the sacrifice, fire would come down from heaven and they would be forgiven for another year. But nothing personal. There was no personal relationship towards God. Come on. If, if God did not accept the sacrifice of the high priest, he would have been dead. He would have been struck down, killed right there. They had to drag him out. So the Lord knew that the, bull, the, the blood of bulls and goats is not sufficient. It will only cover your sin, but it will not wipe it away. You see, when God wipes away your sin, He never thinks about it ever again. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Listen to me. Look me in the eye. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. If you come to Jesus Christ and you ask for forgiveness with sincerity in your heart, He will forgive you. 
This is why Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he will never inherit the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born again? Born again does not mean, I lied today, I ask him to forgive me, I lied tomorrow, I ask him to forgive me, I lied the day after that, ask him to forgive him. You're not forgiven. You are trampling the blood of Christ. Born again means I never go back to that old nature ever again. The lying in me is dead. It no longer exists. I heard a guy, he said that you can't drink unless you, you have to drink in Christ. I said, that's nice. You can be a whoremonger. Just be a whoremonger in Christ. Lie in Christ. Cheat in Christ. What bull are we preaching? Making the gospel cheap. If you can't shout amen, you better shout out. But we need the truth. People are going to hell. I said, people are going to hell. If I tell you it's okay to drink so that you don't go to another church, get another church. It's not okay for anybody, any born again child of God to drink. You can rather leave my church, but I'm not standing before God one day. And he will say, your blood, their blood is on your hands because you did not preach the gospel. You know, that was not part of my message today, but somebody needs to hear this in this place. The blood of Jesus has set you free. Don't become a slave of sin ever again. Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Totally free indeed. Totally free indeed. Now, hear me quickly. In the Old Testament, we, we speak about the leprous anointing. Leprosy speaks about our sin. And the Bible says that when a, when a leprous was, he had leprosy, he had to go to the priest. And he, what he had to do is he had to take two doves, say two doves. He would take cedar wood and he would take, uh, uh, um, I want to think about that color quickly, scarlet. He would take scarlet and he would take hyssop. And the Bible says that he will take the dead bird. Or he will take one of the birds, kill the bird, kill the, kill the dove, pour his blood into an earthen vessel. Then he will take the bird that's alive, and he will take the hyssop. And, and by the way, you can write this down quickly. The hyssop, the hyssop speaks, it speaks about uh, our faith. You have to have faith in Jesus. You have to have faith that he's the son of God to be saved. Do you understand that? He took the cedar wood. The cedar wood represents the cross of Calvary. Then the Bible says the last thing that he took, he took, um, he took the scarlet. The scarlet speaks about the sufferings of Christ. He would take it together. He would dip it into the blood. And then the blood would drip into the earthen vessel. The earthen vessel is the body of Christ. Now, he, what he will do is the, the priest would take the blood and he would put blood on your right ear, on your right thumb, and on your right toe. And the reason why on your right ear is so that you don't hear the devil no more. On your right thumb, that means that everything that you touch is protected and blessed. On your right toe, that means that everything, wherever you walk, He will protect you. He will go before you. Oh, come on, I'm speaking to somebody. So the blood of Jesus still carries power. Come on, shout, the blood of Jesus still carries power. If the blood of Jesus Christ is on your earlobe, why do you still hear the voices of fear, of doubt, and of unbelief. So hear me quickly. I want to jump a couple of, of verses. The night when Jesus was taken away, the Bible says before he, now hear me quickly. I have to add to this, otherwise I'm gonna, you're gonna, not going to understand this. The priest would sprinkle the lepers seven times with the blood. That's symbolic 
of the seven places where Jesus said he would lie. There's 33 prophetically lamb, prophetical lambs in the Old Testament that speaks about Jesus. He was 33 years when he died. Everything points back to Jesus. I said everything points back to Jesus. So the night when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he prayed so, so severely that his sweat became blood. And you all know that. And I'm going to say a couple of things that you've maybe heard before, but for the sake of those who haven't. The first place Jesus shed his blood was not on the cross. It was in the garden of Gethsemane. Now please understand that every time blood is shed, you have to hear me. It's the Lord that raises up a banner of protection. Let me say that again. The blood is the banner of protection. This is why the blood of Jesus is the antidote to every sin, to every sickness, and every disease. Hallelujah. The Bible says the life of a man is in his blood. When Cain killed his brother, the Lord says his blood is calling from the earth. His blood is speaking from the earth. Let me say this to you. His blood spoke from the earth. The blood of Jesus speaks to come on, speaks for us in heaven. The blood of Christ will cry out in heaven and say, Lord, this is the righteous of God. So Jesus Christ shed his blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Please understand, the only thing Satan wanted was to kill Jesus. Because he did not, according to the word of God, in the book of Corinthians, they did not understand. They said, if they knew who they crucified, they would have never crucified the Lord of hosts. So the angels can't understand salvation. Lucifer is an angel. Not a guy with red ears and a tail. He was a fallen angel. I hope I have you still. Are you sleeping? I'm coming, raising the dead. We're almost there. But I want to you have to understand the significance of Christ Jesus dying for you. So, hear me quickly. The Bible says that his sweat became blood. They wanted to kill him in the garden of Gethsemane. Satan just wanted to get it done with. If you look at a medical standpoint, if your sweat becomes blood, you are going through a high anxiety level of stress so severe that your heart can burst in you. You have to understand Jesus is standing in that garden and he knew that his loved ones is going to reject him and deny him, walk out on him, sell him out, say that we did not, do not know him. He will have to carry the sin of the whole world. He will have to become sickness to the whole world. He's alone. He's at his loneliest place right now. Right now in that garden and his sweat becomes blood. Big drops of blood fell to the ground. And Satan thought, we have him. We're going to kill him with anxiety and stress. But what the devil does not understand, that there's a mystery into the blood of Christ. When the devil thought that I'm going to kill him in the garden, God made a covenant in the garden of despair with you. It's called the garden of despair. So that you never have to go through despair. The Bible says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus went through chastisement so that you can live in peace. You never have to stress about tomorrow because you know that he took stress on him in his own body. He paid the price so that you can be free. How many of you, be honest, if you lie now, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> How many of you knows what it means to stress? Lift your hands. And you go, some days you, you're better than other days, but some days stress comes. When you stress, you are breaking your covenant with God. Please understand this. He remains the same. 
You know what the Lord spoke to me yesterday when I was praying in my spirit for the sick? God spoke to me. He says, any man that believes the report bigger than they believe the word of God has a bigger revelation over the report than they have about the word. In other words, if the doctor says you've got cancer, you're going to die. And you take that report. Do you know why? Because your revelation of the report is bigger than the revelation of his word. So you don't have to stress. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to stress. Come on, tell your own face, I'm stressless. Come on, tell your face. Hey, face, you better smile. Jesus is in control. Do you know 365 times in the Bible he says, do not fear? That's once for every single day of your life. So in other words, when you go through a, a scenario of stress, you have the authority to say, Lord Jesus, I am in covenant with you. I refuse to fear. I refuse to stress right now. It's under my feet. I said stress and fear is under my feet. I break the power over it. Because now you toss and turn and you're worried about, you know, what you see. But you forget what the word says. There's a prophecy for each one of you. If you're born again, he says, I know what I've planned for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Now, if that's in the Bible, why do you worry about your future? Come on, isn't he greater than your future? Come on, you tell that stretch, today is the last day that I'm dealing with you. Your power is broken. If you believe that, you better shout. Now they came for him. Take him away. They fell back. Love it. He's telling them, I'm in control. I am in control. I can call a legion of angels right now. But for the sake of the world, will go. The Bible says, as a lamb taken to his slaughterers, he did not open his mouth. He did not open his mouth. So they took him in the inner, inner court and they started questioning him. They've asked him a question, are you the king of the Jews? He says, I am what you say. And you know what happened? One instance, I read it yesterday and it broke my heart. It got me to that place where I want to commit murder. You know what I'm talking about? I read the part where the Bible says, one guy ran to Jesus, opened his hand and slapped him through the face. When I read that, I felt, if I was there. Sound like Peter, right? I was there. <laughs> but I read it, I thought to myself, how dare you? If I see that face, I want to kiss that face. That's the only man I will kiss, by the way. Let me just get the record straight. Okay? I want to kiss that face. I want to hug him. I want to hold him. I always tell my wife, you want to see me in heaven, know where I am. I'm the one on Jesus' lap. I'm the one kissing him. She says, no, that's my place. I said, no, that's my place. Get behind me, woman. But I'll be the one who kisses him and loves him and hugs him. Come on and exalt him. King of kings and Lord of lords. I can just imagine thanking him all day, every day. I'm saved. You bought me with a price. They questioned him. The Bible says now what they did, everybody tried to pull on him. They hit him with sticks and fists in his face. They pulled out his precious beard. Isaiah 50 says, I gave my cheeks for them to pluck out the beard. They plucked out his beard from his face. And so they tried to humiliate him. 
I think the devil thought, well, if I can't kill him in the garden, I'm going to kill him among 450 men. 450 start to interrogate him, and surely he'll be trampled upon, and he will be killed here. But what the devil does not know was God had a plan. I said, God had a plan. Come on, you better tell your neighbor, thank God Sunday is coming. Come on, tell your neighbor, thank God Sunday is coming. So they pulled out his beard, blood flowed from his cheeks, but bang, there's a covenant that was made. A covenant between my tongue and him. The Bible says, whatever you say, you will have. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. If you don't like what you see, you better change what you say. You speak yourself broke because you break your covenant with your tongue and God. Hear me right now. The Bible says with your tongue, you can't speak blessing and cursing. You have to decide to bless yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say you are the most beautiful you you can ever be. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the field. Come on, you tell that business of yours, you will prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Tell your own body, you are healed. Come on, you better jump to your feet if you believe this and give him 30 seconds of crazy praise in this place. My tongue is in covenant. When your tongue is in covenant, God will take your word as his own. Do you understand that? So the scripture goes on. They mocked him, but they could not kill him. Oh, they could not kill him. I said they could not kill him. What the scriptures, you know, it stands out. The devil thought, I'm going to kill him in this, in this square among all the people. Satan forgot. Previous verses. Jesus was among people. And they tried to throw him over a cliff. And he disappeared among the people. <laughs> the devil forgot, I, I couldn't kill him then. How am I going to kill him now? Come on, don't miss what I say. Hear me quickly. How can I kill him now? So the scripture goes on. The Bible says they made a crown of thorns, put a crown of thorns on his head. And he's, if, you, if you look at it from a medical standpoint, that thorns went into his skull. His skull swelled up twice the size of a normal human head. Look at me quickly. Forget everything else. You're going to miss. Don't miss the word. It's the holiest thing in this place. Hear me right now. When that thorns went into, into his skull, we look at a picture of how Jesus was crucified with two markings on him. It's not how Jesus looked. We portray him in the wrong way. According to medic, the medical standpoint, because of those thorns, his head had to swell up double the size of a normal human head. And his head was bleeding. And, I, and, and the scripture that, that comes up, Jesus died on Golgotha. Golgotha means the place of the skull. So hear me quickly. The devil is defeated. Christ defeated him. There's nothing else that Jesus needs to do to come to defeat him. The place that you have to win over him is the place of your skull in your mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. So where you have to win over the devil is in your mind. Satan attacks your mind. Come on, your biggest battlefield is in your mind. If you can get your mind, as Jesus says, you have the mind of Christ. If you can get your mind right. So you have to have a covenant between your mind and God. Come on, tell yourself, I have the mind of Christ. How do I know I have the mind of Christ? I have the mind of Christ when the supernatural becomes logical to me. 
Amen. I have the mind of Christ if I believe the word of God without a shadow of a doubt. Come on, I have the mind of Christ when I am mocked for the gospel's sake and I still stand. As Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Now the scripture goes on. He says they took him out and they, they you know what, what Pontius Pilate said? He said, I find nothing wrong with this man. And so he says, I'm going to scorch him and then let him go. Now the scorching part, I think, is one of the things that I want to ask you to see this in your own mind. Because when they scorched him, what they would do is they would tie a man up. So they would tie him down. The whole walk of Christ, from the word go, when they took him from the garden of Gethsemane, they tied him up. Now, that's symbolic. I believe he was literally tied up, but it's symbolic to us. Because a lot of people sit here tied up this morning. You are tied up in your past. You are tied up in your hurt. You are tied up in your sin. But Jesus Christ became tied up so that you can be free. So they tied him up again. And they started battering on him. They started hitting him, scourging him. Now, you know the whips that they used, it's a fact. It's a proven fact. Those whips had metal in it, stones in it, and glass in it. At the end of the whip, it will have a metal ball for the weight. So every time they hit a person, they would pull out the whip and out comes flesh with it. People have no idea what Jesus had to go through. The excruciating pain for me and for you. I believe with all of my heart. You know, Isaiah 50 says this. Isaiah 50 says, I gave my back for those to struck it. Jesus says, I gave my back. In other words, they didn't took my back. I gave my back. Then Peter says, first Peter says this, Isaiah 53 says this, by whose stripes you are. Say that again. Doesn't say by whose stripes you will become healed. He says by whose stripes you are healed. When Jesus took your sin and your sickness, he made a promise that you are healed. If you don't feel healed, it's because you broke the covenant. Get back your covenant. Come on, shout yes. yes. I'm, almost, I'm almost through. So the scripture goes on. They've hit him. And blood comes out everywhere. Every time they hit him, there was an answer for every sickness and every disease. That when the blood of, of, of Jesus streamed over the, 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 the roads of Jerusalem. Let me tell you, you better hear me right now. If you call yourself a Christian and you think that COVID is above the blood of Jesus, then you're not a Christian. I want to tell you the blood of Jesus is stronger than every disease, every curse of the devil, every cancer cell, every TB, every HIV AIDS. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus still carries power. He didn't lose his power over a couple of years. The blood of Jesus carries power. It's stronger than every disease. You think when Jesus died on the cross, he did not know about COVID? COVID has a name. And every name is subject to the one name. And that name is Jesus. He's the name above every other name. Everybody with a name shall bow before the great King of Kings and the great Lord of Lords. The church has preached this gospel empty, without power. We preached it without void and every, anything that changes in us. We preach to keep people happy. 
Instead of telling people that Jesus dealt with COVID on Calvary, he broke COVID's back on Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care what the doctors told you. If you can believe, you can receive. Come on, I want you to shout the blood of Jesus. Still carries power. Come on, I say the blood of Jesus will carry power up to eternity. You didn't say that, you don't believe it. By the end of this service, I'll get you to believe that the blood of Jesus carries power. It's stronger than any cancer cell. It's stronger than any report. Christians worried about death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? If you die, you die. You know, I want to go to church because of COVID. You won't find COVID in church. You find it in pick and pay in spa and tops. But you won't find it in a gospel preaching church. In a Bible believing church, you won't find COVID. So I want you to get rid of fear. Get back to the house of God and serve Him with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. Come on, right now, I want to agree with you that fear leaves you. In the name of Jesus, fear is broken off you. They whipped Him, opened Him up. Scholar says that when they crucified him, you could see his intestines. You could see his lungs. Think about this. As they hit him, pulled out the whip, a piece of flesh falls to the ground. That's the healing of cancer. They whip him again. That's the healing of COVID. In all say Mikey's. It's just a different name. All the crons, the moron cron, the all the crons. Just, I thank God for the blood. Now, hear me, I get excited. My goodness, thinking about this. So, the Bible says, by his stripes, I'm healed. So Satan thought, surely, he's going to die because of the beating. I can just imagine Satan just standing there, break his bones, break his bones. But the Bible says, not one bone. <laughs> shall be broken. I always thought, why would not one bone be broken in his body? Because today, the body cannot be broken. Doesn't matter what you go through, you can never be broken. I said, it doesn't matter what you go through. They can try to break you. They will never break you because they didn't make you. Shout yes if you believe that. The blood of Jesus carries power. And a covenant that he made was every sickness and disease mentioned. Even, even, I always tell people this, he's not domestos. Domestos kills 99% of the germs. Jesus Christ takes 110% of your sickness and of your sin. And he paid the penalty and it's done. Why do you think when Jesus said it is finished, he did not say to be continued. He said it is finished. Come on, shout hallelujah. After that, they took, they, they, he still said, Pilate said, I, I find no fault. And the Jews started crying out. They said, do to us what you normally do. At Passover, you give us a prisoner back. They said, he said, so you want Jesus back? They said, no ways. Give us Barabbas. 
a murderer. Now, Pilate said to Jesus, you know that I have the power to set you free. Pilate didn't know who he was talking about and talking to because Jesus had the power to set Pilate free, not the other way around. I want you to understand this. When Barabbas was standing there, everybody shouted, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas, not Jesus. We don't want him, crucify him. I think that heaven orchestrated that. You can imagine Jesus looking at Barabbas. Barabbas looking at him. And Barabbas was supposed to be crucified. They, will, they would crucify him. All right? Under Roman law. And they cried and they said, give us Barabbas back. How many of us is really Barabbas? We are deserving of death. We are deserving of, of what comes to us, but not him. He was innocent. I said Jesus was innocent. I want you to understand me. According to the Bible, Jesus did not commit any sin. He was sinless. I read, you know, sometimes I rebuke people, all the nonsense they speak. This is why you need a church. Otherwise, you will, you will start to teach nonsense. There's a guy, he says that when the naked woman came to Jesus after they caught her in adultery, Jesus had to look down because if he looked up, he would have committed sin. I said, you fool. You can put Jesus in a, in a room of a thousand naked women. There's no sin. He's sinless. So what did he do? Looking to the ground. So he was writing down the sin of all of those who condemned her. Look at the adulterer. Okay, pity. Murderer. Didn't listen to your mom when he was little. Skinned her back. somebody condemn you no lord neither do i go and sin no more he was sinless jesus sinless say sinless took his cross do you enjoy this gave him a cross to walk with couldn't walk with it no more the burdens was too heavy his body was weak the bible says they find a guy next to the road called simon and simon had to come and he had to help jesus carry the cross i always tell people this a divine exchange happened right right there who remembers what jesus says he says take my yoke up and learn from me my yoke is easy and my burden is light when jesus and simon came next to each other and and simon helped him carry the cross this is not simon the disciple this is simon next to the road he took the cross with jesus there was a divine exchange happened can you just imagine Jesus had to say, Simon, from this day, I will take your yoke. I'll carry your burdens. I'll carry your sorrow. I'll carry your guilt, your shame. And in exchange, I want you to take my life, my life for yours. You see, my yoke is easy. Your burden is light. So you don't have to carry your own burden. I will take it for you from this day onward, Simon. The only thing that you need to do is you just need to make a divine exchange, your life for my life. This is what he's asking. Unless a man is born again, what does this mean? My life for his i lay down my life i take up his life so long story short they went to the cross nails pierced through his hands nails pierced through his feet and the nails that pierced through his hands hands symbolizes forgiveness jesus made a covenant that whoever sins can come to him and if they repent of their wicked ways he will forgive them you see what people don't realize is people give, people come to church come to the lord when they need a miracle 
But what they do is, now they get their miracle and they live the same lifestyles. Jesus says, go and sin no more, let something worse come upon you. In other words, if you don't change your lifestyle after you received your miracle, you're going to be back here asking for a new miracle because you'll be worse off. So when you receive your miracle, it should be a change of life. He says, go and sin no more. In other words, you can't live your old lifestyle and think that God's going to do a new thing. If you just come here because of you need a miracle, you're in the wrong place. If you don't seek Him. People tell me, what time does your service end? 12. Okay, I'll be there 12. No, you will not. You can't sit under the Word of God. I'm not praying for you. If you're above the Word, you're above the miracles. You need the Word of God to produce miracles in your life. This is why you need to hear about the saving power of the blood of the Lamb. So that faith can come to you. Amen. Nails through his feet. The Bible says the steps of the righteous have been ordered by the Lord. Scripture says as Jesus hung on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? You see, he became loneliness. People that tell me, you know, I'm so lonely. You need to fall in love again with your first love. When you know him, you can never be lonely ever again. Every, you know, you can't be without a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's because you don't know your first love. Very quiet now. Husband dies. There goes my everything. And a week from now, you, you're in a new relationship. Forgot about your everything. Come on, that's the truth, right? There goes my reason for living until next week. Hello, baby. Okay, I treat my beater. Because you're a codependent. You need God. You need Him. If you understand the price that He paid, you'll never be lonely ever again. If you believe that, you better shout hallelujah. He took loneliness. He took brokenness. Now he says, give me your life. I'll handle everything that you've got. And I'll give you eternal life. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? They mocked him on the cross. The one, the scripture says on his right and on his left, the one said to the Lord, if you are the, if you are the Christ, why don't you save yourself and us? The guy on the other side says, keep quiet. We are, we're supposed to die. We're guilty as charged, but this man is innocent. He said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Jesus says, from this day you will be in paradise. Now, look at me. Here comes the exciting part. I'm going to skip a couple of chapters because I want to get to this. That's why I want to pray for people. I love this. Before Jesus came to earth, the righteous, I call them the righteous so that you can understand. All right? They weren't righteous because of righteousness came through Jesus Christ. Those who died in Christ. In other words, Moses, Abraham. David, those who died went into the underworld, the Bible says, in the compartments underneath the earth. Paradise was underneath the earth. And there was paradise here and across from paradise, there was hell. Now, if you understand what I'm telling you now, the Bible says Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom and the rich man was in hell. In other words, in paradise you're known, but in hell you're unknown. Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. So Lazarus was known. The rich man had no name. They were just referring to him as the rich man. So when you go to hell, you're a nobody. President that goes to hell is not treated like a president. He's a nobody. You listen to me. 
But when you get into paradise, everybody knows you. Oh, he's Vessel. Oh, what a day. So they went into the underworld. Why? Because Satan had the keys to death, to hell, to the grave. The Bible says when Jesus died, he prophesied this. He says as Jonah spent three days in the, belly, uh, in, the, in, the, in the fish's belly, so will the Son of Man spend three days in the, in the, in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, angels came down from heaven, fallen angels that left with, with Lucifer, slept with woman on the earth, and produced babies, a giant race. Uh, it's not in the Bible. It is. Genesis chapter 6. You can also read this in the book of, 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 of Jude, Peter's father. Long story short. Uh, so, it, they produced a giant race. The scripture says those angels has been locked up in prison in the underworld. So there's a compartment called Tartarus where those angels are waiting on judgment. Jesus is going to judge them and send them to hell. So think about this now. There's, there's hell, there's Tartarus, there's a bottomless pit, there's uh, Gehenna. It's the, it's, it's, it's so, there's five compartments in the underworld. Now there's paradise. Everybody saved went into paradise. Everybody unsaved went to hell. They could see each other, but they couldn't cross. The Bible says they couldn't cross. So when Jesus died, he went into the underworld. He went to hell. Now, if, if I say he went into hell, Jesus didn't burn in hell. He went into the lowest parts of the earth, according to the word of God, to preach to departed souls. So you can imagine this. He walked towards Tartarus. And if, imagine this is the first time. Now, hear me quickly. His body is in the tomb, in the garden tomb, while his spirit man goes down into the underworld. When you die, your body goes in the ground. Your spirit leaves. Wave at me if you understand this. I'm getting somewhere right now. His spirit man went into the underworld. Went into the underworld. And it's the first time that hell experiences light. Suddenly there's a light that shines. As Jesus walks into hell. Listen to me right now. And he walks towards that prison where the angels were. And I can just imagine. He said, he preached the gospel to the angels. And he said, you tried to stop me from coming you try to corrupt my seed from coming but here i am in the flesh i am the way i am the truth and i am the life you better hear me right now every other god is dead those tombs have been sealed jesus says all who comes before me are thieves and are liars i am the way i am the life come on i am the resurrection and i am the life this is why Jesus is not a way. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. Hare Krishna is dead. But the Son of God is risen from the dead. And He is Lord. You better hear me. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's received the name which is above every other name. That at the mention of that name. Jesus says, for those who believe in my name, they shall raise the dead. They shall cleanse the lepers. Come on, there's a name above every other name. Jesus. If this doesn't get you excited, nothing will. He's no longer dead, people. He went into the underworld and said, see, here I am in the flesh. You tried to kill me, nothing could stop me. Everything that Jesus went through, experienced, didn't kill him.
The Bible says when he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. He breathed out his last. He has the power to lay down his life. The power to raise it up again. Can you imagine when those angels saw him? Now, we hear me quickly. I can hear this in the spirit. In paradise, there was rejoicing. Oh, they shouted. While heaven is standing on attention. Every angel in heaven is looking towards the garden to what's about to happen. Come, I'm speaking to you. Jesus is now in the underworld. He takes back dominion. Can you imagine this? He said to Satan, give me the keys to the kingdom. Now you mark my words. Listen to me. Jesus did not have to go and physically strangle Satan to get the keys. When Jesus stepped in, Satan did this. When he said, give me back the keys. It's no struggle. Jesus didn't have to give him a kick from behind. Come on, every knee shall bow. When he took those keys, he turned to paradise. I can hear him say, Abraham, here I am. The seed of David has returned for you. And he's opened up the prison doors. For the Bible says when, the scripture says that when the tomb of Jesus was empty, so was some of the tombs in Jerusalem. And those who came out of those tombs went to Jerusalem, back to their homes, and said hello and goodbye. Imagine you had a loved one dead for 20 years, now he's knocking on your door. And so I just want to quickly say hello, but I'm going home now. Where are you going now? We're going to go to paradise in the sky. We will be with the Lord forever and forever. Death will no longer divide me and remove me from God. So Jesus took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And you know what? Suddenly, when everybody was out, gospel was preached into the underworld. The Bible says on the third day, there was a rumbling. You don't want to miss Sunday. Sunday's going to be good. There was a rumbling. Because Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. There was a rumbling, and we all know what happened. Jesus Christ came out from the dead. His physical body was resurrected. Now he took his physical body. He's, he has a physical body in heaven to represent man. Because his body could not go back to dust because his body did not consist of dust. His body consisted of the word. The word can never go back to dust. Do you believe that? Now, I'm going to be two more hours and then I'm going to pray for the sick. So the Bible says that Jesus Christ presented his own blood before the Father. He sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat. Think about this. He has purchased my salvation. He has redeemed me. People can look at me and say, oh, he, he looks unsafe. You know what happened with me, Justin? I was going to a service one day where I had to preach at a men's camp in the Karua with all these big farmers. And so I walked through the place. The guy told me, I can see you need Jesus. And I've heard the preacher is quite good, so you're going to have a great day today. I said, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll be sure to be out there, number one, when it comes to salvation. I'll and so when, when they introduced me and I took the mic, that guy almost passed out. And he was the first guy to weep. 
he wept and he says i'll never judge a book by its cover ever again doesn't matter what the world says let me tell you something if your name is written now when you're born again you don't want to sin i'm going to go a step further it's impossible for you to sin nobody needs to tell me don't watch wrong stuff nobody needs to tell me don't listen to the wrong music uh, oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be nasty now when you're born again and your circle doesn't change you're not born again the first thing that needs to change is your friends you can't be you can't be born again and have the same friends you cannot you have to change you'll have to say goodbye to people of your past goodbye and good riddance i'm born again i'm saved and let me tell you there's no pleasure on this earth we're going to hell for no pleasure on this earth is worth you going to hell for jesus christ paid a price so that you can be free from every addiction you don't need pornography you need the son of the living god you don't need an affair to make you feel good you need to fall in love with jesus christ and he'll change you come on shout yes if you believe that you don't need friends you need the lord ask god send me godly friends send me godly people if the son of man sets you free you are free so you get saved you're not being invited to family price that's good if you're born again and family that's not saved invites you to a family bride question of salvation I thought to myself the other day, my phone is very quiet. My family, the only people that I hear about mostly is my parents. And that's, that's a fact. And they have to because I'm their child. I'm my dad's most cleverest boy. In any case, I'm his only boy too, but everything changed in you. <laughs> everything changed in you. Your desire changes. The stuff that you used to like before, you no longer like. I'm changed man. I'm a changed man. Think about your life quickly. We are not deserving His grace. We're not deserving His grace. We're supposed to hang next to Him on that tree. But yet He died for us in our place. Made friendship between me and the Father. Now I'm adopted. <laughs> and his blood, when his blood was shed, that's part of my inheritance. I received my inheritance through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no substitute to the blood of Jesus. I want you to listen to me. You can baptize yourself 20 times. That does not remove your sin. It's only the blood of Jesus that can remove your sin. So I love what the Lord imposed for them in Exodus. He spoke about the Passover. And he says, this is what's going to happen. That you're going to have to apply the blood on the doorposts. And when you apply the blood on the doorpost, I will walk past. And wherever I see the blood, I will stop the curse, the devourer, the angel of death entering those doors because of the blood. How many of you remembered what I said? They dipped their earlobe in blood. Come on, wherever the blood is, the blood is a sign that you are protected. Blood is a sign of a hedge of protection. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Wherever the devil sees the blood, he cannot pass through. You see, we don't have faith in the blood no more. We have faith in science. Science just goes thus far, then comes God. 
We have faith in what our doctor says, but we don't have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. When you are on your last and you're on your deathbed, the blood of Jesus will have to speak for you. You'll have to know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm saved. My name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. Are you listening to me? That's one thing that we all have to make sure of, that we are saved. If there's anything in us that keeps us away from eternity, being with Jesus Christ, get rid of it right now. The Bible says every man will stand and give accountability. Listen to me quickly. It's a, it's a 0.02% chance that your child will become a Springbok rugby player. But it's a 100% chance that he will stand and give accountability before God. Get your children to church. It's a 0.02% chance. But it's a 100% chance that we all will have to stand and give accountability before God one day. For every single word the Bible says, for every single deed. Leave your self-righteousness behind and cling on to the righteousness of God. Amen. So the Bible says in the book of Exodus, wherever I see the blood, I will pass over. When the blood was applied, God's judgment was passed over. This is why in Passover, we celebrate Passover knowing that the destruction will pass over. God's wrath will pass over. Why? Because of the blood. Come, I'm speaking to somebody right now. Wherever Satan sees the blood, you are marked. You have a mark on you. You have a seal on you that you belong to the Lord. I believe that when the rapture takes place, when the Lord looks at the world, he sees red dots. All those with a red dot on them, you are going home. Because you are marked. You are sealed. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Are you marked? I said, are you marked? Are you sealed with the blood of the Lamb? I love what the door symbolizes. Jesus says, take blood, put it on the doorposts. But the scripture teaches me very clearly that Jesus Christ is the door. I want to show you something, can I? I want to... Do what the Bible says to do. The scripture says, if you apply the blood on the doorposts, no devil of hell. I said, no devil of hell will come near your dwelling. They will only pass over. Come on, only pass over. But it will not come near you. I, I said this before, let me say this again quickly. One night I was in one of our homes that we stayed a couple of years ago, and I was busy praying. While I was praying, it felt like somebody was looking at me. I looked out of the windows. I just felt another atmosphere or presence. And I went praying again, and I just couldn't understand it. I felt it over and over and over. Long story short, I went to bed. got into my bed. I heard the Lord said, pray. Went out back to the same room, and I prayed again. I felt the same thing. After spending time with the Lord, I went back into the, into the passage, and I heard the Lord say to me, apply the blood on every door. I went to Dylan's room. I said, Lord, I apply the blood of Jesus. No weapon formed against him will prosper. It shall just pass over. I went to Kaylee's room. I said, Lord, I apply the blood of Jesus. 
And by the way, biblically, you can apply the blood of Christ over your possessions. You can apply the blood of Jesus over your loved ones, over your family. And the Bible says, as I see the blood, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I went to our door. I applied the blood of Jesus. I said, Lord, no devil of hell will come near us. The next morning we woke up. I went into the, into the lounge. I saw we got robbed. Thieves came in, stole our stuff. And the police asked me, why didn't they come to the rooms? Normally they will enter the rooms and take from the rooms and rob the people in the rooms. And it hit me. Bang! You've applied the blood of Jesus. And I was... You might say, so why didn't God protect everything else? Because everything else was not protected. I didn't go to the lounge and say, you devil, you will not put your foot here. This is what I'm telling you right now. Go to your home. Lay your hands on the doorposts and say, I apply the blood of Jesus. This is why people say, don't you fear, don't you fear the corona and the sickness and disease. I want to tell you, the blood of Christ carries power. And he says, wherever I see the blood... Come on, wherever I see the blood, it will pass over. I'm telling you right now, fear is breaking off your life in the name of Jesus. Struggle breaks off. Sin breaks off. That door can also represent your, your heart. The, you see, what, what's, this is the sign. When you apply the blood, this is actually what you tell the devil. Jesus lives here. I'm telling you right now, He's the resurrected Lord. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Come on, listen to me right now. Sickness has been abolished. The power over death has been abolished. Hell has been abolished. Come on, you can have eternal life. Jesus lives here. Shout, I'm saved. Come on, shout, I'm sanctified. Come on, shout, hallelujah. Aren't you glad? This is why when you die right now, you are not going into the underworld. Your body is not sleeping. You are going straight either to heaven or to hell. If you are born again, you are going straight into paradise. You're going to see the king of kings right like, whoo. When you breathe out your last right now, I think the first face you'll see is the king of glory. You're saved. If you say it, because death has been abolished. When Jesus returns and the rapture of the church happens, first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get a new body. Aren't you happy about that? No more decay. No more wrinkles. <laughs> no more getting old. You'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye. I'm asking you, he died for you. Live for him. Living for Jesus doesn't mean you live depressed, defeated, feeling sorry for yourself. Living for Jesus means that you live a life of abundance. 
You live your life full. Are you listening to me? You enjoy your life without sin. But Jesus, the Bible says, took our sin in his body. He took our sickness in his body. So therefore, sin has no more dominion over me. I'm a new man, a new creation. Say, I'm new. Come on, say, if you believe you're new, say, I'm new. And I want to finish with this. This is not where the story ends. Heaven hold up its breath. But the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And he's the only, the, or the first begotten that was, uh, that was raised from the dead. Amen. And so when he, he dealt with death in the underworld, he dealt with sin, he dealt with hell. Took back the keys and he gave us the keys to the kingdom. Therefore, whatever we bind shall be bound. Whatever we lose shall be loosed. And now he says, I give you eternal life. Imagine how much he loves you. If there's people right now that rejects him, mocks him, but he still died for them, even though he knew they're going to reject him and deny him. And if they, if they come to him and accept him, he changes it. Listen to me quickly. He changes everything in you. If you give him one opportunity, really an opportunity, not a quick fix. If you're here for a quick fix, this is not the place for you. I want to give you something eternal. Who remembers what Jesus says? He says, do you love me? Then he, he, he says this. He says, Tent my, uh, uh, he says, feed my lamb. Then he says, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. He says, feed my sheep. Then he says, do you really love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then tend my sheep. So he starts off with lambs, speaking about lambs, little ones. When you come to Jesus Christ, to the little ones. So Jesus was speaking progressively. Your Christian life grows in him. You don't always stay a lamb. You become a sheep too. Amen. And then he becomes the Lord, your shepherd, that leads you in all the way. But so it's not a quick fix. It's something that I grow my life into. And this is why I'm telling you, if this is what you want, this is the best place for you. Miracles don't happen like this. You have to lean into the word. You have to believe God. Am I speaking to the right crowd? And it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. The blood of Jesus is sufficient to wash it away. Never think about it ever again. Come on, we have to live for him right now more than ever before. I want you to lift your hands to heaven quickly. Every hand lifted, every eye closed. Lord, we just want to say thank you today. You've redeemed us. From this day, we apply the blood. We apply the blood of Jesus over our bodies. Jesus lives here. We apply the blood over our property, Lord, over our possession, over our children, over our marriage, over our businesses. Jesus lives here. Your word says wherever you see the blood, you will pass over. You will not allow the devourer to enter in. And Lord, we as a church, we want to believe fully what the blood of Jesus has done for us. Thank you that you've purchased our salvation. You've redeemed us. Your word says that we are not redeemed with incorruptible things. Or corruptible things, but with the incorruptible, the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that you bought us, Lord, with a price. And you've made us free. It was for freedom that we have been set free. These people that you sit here, you're in bondage. It's only the blood of Jesus that can set you free. It's only through the blood of Jesus that you can be free. 
Maybe you sit in this place, you go through loneliness, tiredness, brokenness, whatever it is. It's only the blood of Jesus that can set you free. Jesus has redeemed you, purchased you. Don't become a slave to your environment. I want to give this opportunity right now for people that's in this building who's never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And today I want to speak right into your spirit, man. Good people does not go to heaven. You might say, well, the Lord knows my heart. Yes, He does know your heart. He knows it's filthy and far away from Him. And when we stand before God, we're not going to stand there and measure our own lives. He's going to deal with us accordingly. The Word says the God who's ready to judge the living and the dead. He's ready to, to judge. But when we accept Jesus into our hearts, we stand before the mercy seat of Christ one day where we will receive our crowns. But unless a man is born again, he'll never inherit the kingdom of God. If you are addicted to pornography, you have an affair outside your marriage. Now, an affair outside of your marriage is not just something that you do in the bed. It's something that you do in the head. And I want to pray that the Lord will set you free. If you're addicted on drugs, you are, you are broken on the inside of you, but you, you know that you're not saved. I want to pray for you today. If you're here, you say, basically, I gave my life to Jesus once, but I am cold. I'm far away from Him. Let His blood speak for you this morning. Let Him sanctify and redeem you right now. You see, the Scripture says that that day He will judge our motives. He knows your motive right now. He knows what's in you right now at this very second. Third group of people says, Vessel, I want to make sure that I'm saved today. I don't want to go to hell. I want to make sure. If there's anything in me that God needs to remove, I want Him to remove it this morning. So that's the three groups of people I want to start to pray for. Number one, the unsaved. You've never given your life to Jesus. You're still in addiction. You're far away from Him. You're broken. Speaking to group number two, you, give, you gave your life to Jesus once, but you are backslidden. You don't go to church. Maybe you're addicted on pornography, doing all the wrong things. Christ wants to set you free. The reason why I say pornography over and over is because somebody in this building, you struggle with pornography and the Lord wants to set you free. And I'll never put you on the spot so nobody would know anything that it's you. I'm just telling you that His blood is sufficient to take away all of your sin. Number three, people that says, Vessel, I need to make sure my life is right. If my life is required of me today, I want to know that I'll be saved. Come on, if I'm speaking to one of you, quickly come to the front. I want to pray over you. I want to agree today. Jesus comes into your heart and He cleanses you of all your stains. Come on, don't wait for anybody else. He says, if you deny me on the earth, I'll deny you in heaven. Come on, give them a hand as they come. Encourage them as they come. Come, make your way down here. This is the best decision that you will ever make. Come, keep on clapping. Somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's mother, somebody's wife is getting saved today. Come, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Let Jesus redeem you, purchase you. Come, come, keep clapping as they come. If you know somebody's shy, come with them. Help them, bring them out here. Your best decision to make today. 
Come on, I want to wait a few seconds. There's still people fighting in your spirit. Should I, shouldn't I? You should be here right now. Come on, you have an opportunity to get saved. Come, keep clapping. The Bible says if one soul comes to Jesus, all of heaven is rejoicing. This is, by the way, the only thing that you can take into heaven with you is souls. That's it. Everything else is staying right here. It's going to be destroyed, the Bible says. But thank God that souls. Come on. I want to ask the church another 10 seconds of praise to the Lord. Because there's more people that needs to be here. Come, don't fight it. Come out. Let the Lord touch your life. Today might be your last day. Don't reject Him today. Come, keep clapping as they come. Come on. This is what it's about. It's about souls. Come on, people are still coming. Come on, give Jesus a hand of praise. Souls for the kingdom. Souls, souls, souls. Come, there's a better life. There's a better life. He makes all things new. Hallelujah. Now, as you come out, you know that you're standing here because of your own guilt and of your own fault. Jesus was sinless, but yet he took your place. So what we do today is we publicly accept him as our Lord and our Savior. He says, if we reject him before man, he'll reject us before his Father in heaven. But if you accept him before man, when you get to heaven one day, he will say, I know her. I know him. And you have no idea, today is the start of the greatest time of your life. If you're in the front, you gave your life to Jesus before, but you cold, backslidden, you must be in church every service and grow. It's important for you to grow. Get to that fullness in your stature with God. We don't have to go back every week and say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But where you live in a place where you know that sin has no more dominion over you. Amen. And where you put the word into practice. I thank God for His Son. I thank God that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you know what? Today we're going to pray over you. And I don't want you to pray from your head. I want you to make this prayer from your heart. And I will ask the whole church, would you stand on your feet? And stretch out your hands towards this precious people here in the front. And I want you to pray this prayer loud. And I want all the church to help them pray. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you lift your hands to him? Come, just lift your hands to him. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself Lord Jesus I believe you are the son of God and I believe 
you died on the cross for my sin and my sickness and I believe on the third day you rose from the dead I accept you right now as my Lord and my Savior come into my heart wash me with your blood remove my past give me a future I make a vow that from this day I will serve you in spirit and in truth come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life Lord Jesus according to your word through faith I am now born again come on give Jesus a great hand of praise now you in the front lift your hands one more time Lord I thank you in the name of Jesus that you would touch each single one of them that today Lord is a new day that you remove every form of guilt guilt has no more power over them the stains of sin has no more dominion over them in the name of Jesus the past never existed according to your word your word says you remove their iniquity as far as the west is from the east and you never think about it ever again I thank you Lord I'm standing in front of born again people new Lord they are never the same again and I thank you Lord that you will anoint them touch them with the power of the Holy Ghost come on as you lift your hands I sense the power of the Spirit of God here Lord I thank you you fill them up with the Holy Ghost in Jesus name endure them with power from on high Lord I pray a new fire to come down on them in Jesus name let them serve you Lord in spirit and in truth let there be a hunger for the things of God I don't know you I'm just telling you what the Lord says it's over today he makes all things new you'll never be the same again after today the Spirit of God is raising up a standard against the enemy everything that Satan has planned for you and your family will have no authority after this day for the Lord is raising up a standard against the devil Jesus lives here Lord touch her I pray she'll never be the same again come on if you believe that I want you to give Jesus a great shout of praise I want to ask you in the front if you have not yet been baptized in water please make sure to be baptized we will baptize people today and also on Sunday so make sure that you give up your name to be baptized important important if if the, you don't want to come to this church it's fine but get a spiritual church if you're not part of a church you have to be in a spirit filled church gospel is preached and the demonstration of the spirit is there it's important for your spiritual growth do you understand that and how many of you understand I'll never be the same again how many of you understand I'm new I'm born again you know what Jesus says he says don't rejoice because demons are subject to you but rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life come on, I want you to rejoice give Jesus a hand of praise one more time you can go back to your seats that was just the beginning So Sunday we dedicate to on praying for all the sick. If you know the sick, the lost, the broken, bring them with you to church. I want to ask you one more time. Just close your eyes, lift your hands collectively. Father, seat by seat and row by row, I ask that your healing power shall flow and search through the bodies of your people. 
I ask you, Lord, that every sickness shall dry up and be gone. Every form of pain, I rebuke it now. Foul spirit of infirmity, I command you, let God's people go in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I declare them blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Your word says we, are, we have been redeemed from the curse. And Lord, now we are part of the blessing of Abraham. I declare this now, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and gives you peace. And Holy Spirit, I ask you, let your power go through bodies now. Every form of pain gone. Every form of sickness and disease gone. Every form of worry, burdens gone. In Jesus' name, we are born again, spirit-filled people of God. And Lord, we want to say thank you for paying the ultimate price so that we can be free. We love you, Lord, with an everlasting love. Today, Jesus, we want to finish by saying thank you for drawing us to you. Your word says no man can come unless he has been drawn. And I thank you that you drew us unto yourself. We love you, Lord, and we ask you to protect your people until we get here Sunday. In Jesus' name.